everybody welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going oh it is going holy yeah. moly we are in gale force winds today oh and tomorrow unfortunately mm, that too it could take out power they said we could lose power lines oh <laughs> dang it anyway <laughs> Other than well, that, <laughs> tonight, Other than that, I'm just fine. <laughs> I know we're both sort of stunned, like, oh shit. Well, uh, I've been over at the ball fields, and I didn't realize till I got on camera how dirty my face was from, <laughs> from all the wind or the, you know the dirt blowing into it. Right. Oh, anyway, that yeah, I'm sure we'll survive. I think we will. <laughs> and it is Wednesday night. This is the Wednesday night case update show, of course. We want to say welcome to Barbara, RJ, Jessica, Fran, Coco, and Sherry, and everybody else as you're just jumping into the chat. We're live streaming on YouTube and Facebook right now. Hey, Renee. And of course, this show will go up as a replay on YouTube and on uh, pod and on all our podcasty kind of places. So, yeah. We always come on here every Wednesday night to give you some updates. What's happening in the true crime world? Because, you know, a lot of stuff is always happening in the true crime world. And we have a really, mm -hmm. I think we have a really interesting mix of updates tonight. Mm -hmm. It's sure. not Aline. the case. It, it's not a lot of the cases that we normally update. It's no. some older stuff that's got some traction, which I think is interesting. Yeah. So we're going to be, uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about all of them. Sorry. <laughs> Where did I go? I do not know. Welcome, Colleen. Welcome, JR. Nice to have you all here. Um, but I thought we'd start with some interesting news. We recently covered Redonda Vaught. And you may remember Redonda Vaught is the nurse in Tennessee Mm -hmm. who um, accidentally killed a patient, gave her yes. the wrong medication, ended up giving her a powerful uh, paralytic mm -hmm. that paralyzed her and she died. Yeah. Redonda immediately reported herself, as we know. Um, it was just a straight up accident. She grabbed two meds that were sitting next to each other that start with a V and she grabbed the wrong one. And... This has been a big thing because usually these things are handled civilly and they're handled by licensing boards and hospitals. And this one went criminal. Yeah. So she was actually charged in the death of her patient and yeah. she did have, she was convicted. Yeah. In that death. Um, but she was just sentenced. Mm -hmm. And what she was given sentencing wise is that she's been given probation yeah. And it is diversion probation that after three years or five years, um, she can get her record expunged. Now, yeah. she's not going to be a nurse anymore. She's no. lost her license. I mean, she's had the 
the professional consequences that would happen to anybody that made a mistake like that. Yeah. But, you know, this has brought up a huge, um, it's a big discussion about, you know, our medical accidents where there's no intent because there's, there was no intent in this case. This was just a straight up accident. Yeah. Is it the right thing to charge a nurse criminally? So there's been a big outcry from nurses or any other medical professional or any other medical professional that made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically the, the jury said, yes, we're convicting her. The judge said, "Eh, I'm giving her probation. Yeah. So interesting, something, you know, a lot of people in the medical community are concerned that this is going to be some kind of precedent that we'll see Mm -hmm. more medical professionals, charged um criminally for accidental um stuff and you know when yeah. there's intent i 100 percent yes sure you know, we just we just covered um you know a respiratory therapist that is charged but those were intentional deaths yeah so it's it's a big conversation but for now what we know is that redondava was given probation well i still don't like the conviction but I'm glad she didn't get actual jail time or prison time. That would have been mm-hmm. an unbelievable tragedy. So, yeah, I, I do, too. And I, you know, I mean, definitely she shouldn't be a nurse anymore. Definitely there are consequences there. But jail of time, of course, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Well, especially in that case, because there was a lot of administration failure. Yeah, there was a lot of failure on the policies of the hospital that set her up for failure. Yeah. And of course, there should be consequences. And of course, medical professionals that you know, create accidents that, uh, that kill people should be held accountable. But prison time, yeah. we're not going to have any, we're not going to have any medical professionals yet left, you know? Right. Well, and and that's the you worry know, that nobody's it, going to want to be a nurse if this is the worry that they're constantly under. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, their hospital used a locked medical, um, a locked medication cabinet instead of getting all of their medication from the pharmacy. And that that's a big question and a big concern mm-hmm. for me. Like yeah. there are so many safeguards in place when that medication comes from mm-hmm. the pharmacy and not from the nurse who is running mm-hmm. around taking care of too many patients, mm-hmm. doing too many things at once. And when it can, you know, be delivered and already have been checked for accuracy yeah. so that then the nurse just checks again. I don't know. I, I don't like this idea of those locked uh, medicine cabinets that nurses have to get their own meds from. I think that's a big mistake. I do too. So it's, it's too much on them because of course, as we know, administrators, they want their um, facilities to make money. Ergo, they do push nurses way too far. A friend or right. one of my daughters uh, works with a nurse who was a nurse in a hospital for 30 years. And she used to straight cath herself so that she wouldn't have to run back and go to the bathroom all day so that she, cause she didn't have time. Yikes. Can you imagine having a job where you had people's life and death held in the palm of your hand for 12 hours a day to the degree that you couldn't even go to the bathroom? No. And you would wear no, a no. catheter at work so that you didn't have to worry about it because you simply didn't have time? That's insane. And she said a lot of the nurses, she had told Matea that a lot of the nurses she worked with did the same thing oh my God. because they just did not have time for bathroom breaks. That is not right. No. No, no humans are being treated well, when a situation yeah. like that is happening. 
Yeah. So hopefully the Redondavat situation will change some hospital policy to protect in this situation. But I really yeah. hope that we don't see more criminal charges in, you know, straight up negligent accidents mm-hmm. where, especially for her, I mean, she reported herself immediately. Right. So, I, you know, I think in a situation like that, she followed all the protocols she was yeah. supposed to follow when she figured out she'd made the mistake. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Anyway, kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Katie, why don't you give us an update on Chelsea Porman? Chelsea Porman. We brought this story to you guys last year sometime. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to show you a picture of her in case you do or don't remember. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, kinda there's weird. a very pixelated picture of Chelsea Porman. Sorry. <laughs> Chelsea Porman went missing uh, in Canada from Vancouver, and she was, this was an MMIW case, and Chelsea was 24. She had been in a terrible accident and was, had a leg brace and couldn't straighten her or couldn't bend her arm. Her arm was like stable, you know, because, or, or static because of bars in her arm. And she had some a brain injury because right. of the accident she had been in. Mm-hmm. And she had gone to a party on September 6, 2020 with her sister. Well, she had dinner with her sister. Yeah. And then they went to a party. And mm-hmm. at some point during the night, she texted her sister and said she was leaving the party to meet up with a man. And that's the last anyone heard of from her. Yeah. Last anyone has heard from her. Until April 22nd of this year. So she was missing for about two and a half years. Mm. And where was Chelsea all this time? She was in the backyard of an abandoned mansion in the neighborhood where she went missing. What I read said she was only there about a year. No, well, said that she had, uh, no, that she had been there. They figured that she died there shortly after she disappeared. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And that uh, she was seen through the backyard from a construction worker. And she is missing her cranium and multiple fingers. And the police said they do not suspect foul play. You know, here we go with this bullshit. Mm -hmm. They said uh, her death was not considered suspicious. That's what they told the news. Then behind closed doors, they told her mother, we are still kind of investigating. Just, uh, we are. So, of course, her family's pissed. They've had enough. They're the ones that announced that she was missing her cranium and some fingers because the police didn't. And maybe that was evidence that they were holding on to, maybe. But uh, her family feels like they aren't doing a damn thing. And I I can't argue with them considering. Right. Wow. Her phone was found in Victory Square in downtown Vancouver. So it was separated from her. But there doesn't seem to be any evidence as to why or who she had met up with. The neighborhood where she found is among the richest neighborhoods in all of Canada. Wow. This is the Shaughnessy area. 
Mm. And the homes there are worth tens of millions of dollars. Wow. Her mom says she can't understand how her daughter, who did wear a leg brace and had arms up or rods up her arm and leg, could have even gotten on that property. The property itself is gated with big, thick, heavy gates. I'm sure she just climbed it and then just laid down and died. You know, I'm this sure. is. Uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have this conversation again tonight about a different case. Mm -hmm. It's so aggravating. Yep. Yep. So it took ten days after she went missing for the police to uh, send out or or make a public notice about her disappearance. Mm -hmm. And her mom, all the while, wanted them to treat it as a vulnerable adult because she was, she had a brain right. injury and they just wouldn't. And she's just never felt like anybody really did a thing. She said, it's always felt like no one cared about Chelsea. Yeah. And now they've found her body and they still don't care. about right. Chelsea. They still don't care. They're treating this as though this is just a natural death. It's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. Chelsea's Cree. And mm -hmm. so, of course, this was an MMIW case for us, and it remains because what the hell? So yeah. we at least know that Chelsea Poorman's body has been found now, and her family can finally get some closure there. Right. Only they really can't because what the hell happened to Chelsea? Right. Until we know what actually happened to her and whoever harmed her is behind bars, we're still not in a good situation. Well, I would really want to know who had access to that mansion. Right. Because somebody, I think, most likely unlocked a gate to get them in there. Right. Because Chelsea wasn't claiming any wrought iron fences. She wasn't able no. to do anything like that. So what right. happened? Well, like Renee said, after cutting her fingers off. Yeah. And removing her cranium. Sure. Yeah. Now, that could be some predation of some kind. Um, although I would imagine that if they cared to do a good autopsy they could tell yeah yeah so ridiculous yeah well, sure. i'm happy at least for her family that they found her body me too they have some information still yeah. not enough at least they have that hey tiffany yeah but kevin says any chances this is a cover-up well yeah. any chance i think there's anything could go at this point. Yeah. These MMIW cases, that is always a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll keep in mind. Hopefully some more things will come out. Yeah. Fingers yep. crossed that they actually do a real autopsy. Yeah. And get some real answers. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, Christy, you have gone very pixelated, um, oh. but we can hear you just fine. So, okay. see, we just uh, we well, march forward. Good news, getting a new internet provider, fiber optic internet provider, tomorrow morning. I'm so excited because then maybe we can stop having these stupid problems. I know. It stabilized there for a little bit. And now we're back. I don't know. Typical. Yep. Was she buried or she was above ground? Yeah. 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 She wasn't even buried. Mm -mm. Yeah. Nope. She was just laying out there. Yeah, because she just climbed in there over that fence and laid down and died. Mm -hmm. You guys, speaking of a case like that, that is very frustrating. Let's talk a little bit about Shannon Gilbert. So Shannon Gilbert is 
well, depending on who you talk to, potentially one of the victims of the Long Island serial killer. And we've talked about Lisk quite a lot. I did I did an episode on Lisk at one point. Um, Shannon Gilbert was on Gilgo Beach. And she was working as an escort and her uh, driver dropped her off. And um, so then something goes very wrong for her. And she calls 911. And there is a 20-minute 911 call. And there are two other shorter 911 calls in which she just keeps saying, someone is after me. Someone is out to get me. And she can't tell them where she is. She, she doesn't know. Um, at one point, she has an argument with her driver and will not get in the car with him. And she just keeps saying, can you, can you come and help me? Can you figure out where I am? And, yeah, she sounds drugged. Like, she can't. She doesn't know where she is. Well, she knew where she was when she was driven there. Like, but she couldn't quite form those that much, you know, cognition, I guess, to remember where she was at. And the, the 911 call is really tough to listen to. Um, but this is the first time it's been released. So her body was found and they, this is another case where the authorities have tried to say that she just wandered off and died. That she wasn't even killed at all. She's not one of the victims of Lisk and that she didn't even, she wasn't even murdered, which of course her family is so pissed about. She called 911 saying someone is after her. Like, and then her body is found in a marsh. And they say that she just sort of wandered off there herself. So they're getting um the Gilbert family has hired a private pathologist who does say that she shows um some evidence of strangulation. So we still continue, you know, the the Lisk murders just continue to be, I don't know, ridiculous. And I I don't know, just really continuing to struggle. But, you know, we all know that none of those girls, none of those girls that were found along that beach just lay down in rushes and died. I mean, give me a break. So, yeah. That, but the 911 calls are out there. Um, I'll put this link in the um, show description so that you can go and listen and, and see what you think. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. So, Katie, do you want to talk to us about uh, Brittany Drexel? Yes. Oh, the Brittany Drexel case is one that has really uh, perplexed police for quite a long time. Brittany Drexel went missing in 2009. So Brittany was a teenager in New York who had decided that uh, she wanted to go to South Carolina with her friends on a trip. And her parents said no, because they had no idea. They didn't even know these kids. And they just felt like it was not a good thing. And in fact, her mother told her, I feel like if you go, something bad will happen to you. And I just don't want you to go. 
So instead, she made plans to go spend time with, uh, with relatives instead. And took off and her parents thought she was going to spend time with relatives. Turns out, no, she was headed to Myrtle Beach. And she disappeared from Myrtle Beach. And for the longest time, they had no idea what was where she was or what happened to her. She just vanished. Mm-hmm. So there had been some CCTV that showed her walking out of a hotel, a beachfront hotel there, and that was about it. So here's what happened. There was a man named Raymond Moody who had been a person of interest, actually, clear back uh, for 10 years, from 2012 on. Right. And they have not been able to arrest him. They just haven't had enough evidence. So they're saying that they have new information, in a detailed new information, but they're not uh, sharing all of that yet. But they said that the investigation really ramped up in recent weeks. And what they were able to do was to arrest Moody for obstruction. And after they arrested him for obstruction, he told them exactly where her body was. Yeah. And they found her body or her remains buried in the woods in South Carolina. And... Now, of course, he's, he's being charged. He's eligible now for the death sentence. So he's facing a single count of murder, kidnapping, and criminal sexual misconduct. Apparently, he had, he has, you know, he's wagered a confession now. Apparently, he held her captive and was assaulting her, and she tried to escape. And in the course of her trying to escape, he killed her. And... There's been a lot of hard things because there was another man that was implicated. So there was a prison informant who said that a father and son had taken her and killed her when she tried to escape and then threw her into an alligator pit. Right. So part of the story was true. Yeah. But not all of it. Mm -mm. So... That's what we know. We also know that Moody is a registered sex offender. He spent 21 years in prison for a 1983 abduction and rape of a nine-year-old little girl in California. Good God. Yeah, he's a real winner. So at least now her parents know what happened to her. uh, And they can finally, you know, put her to rest and, and get some closure there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But, yeah. Well, yeah, her friends kind of ditched her. She was on her own at that point. Yeah, that's right, Halloween. And she shouldn't have been there in the first place and then was kind of on her own in a place that uh, she was just obviously, unfortunately, not safe in. It's a terribly sad case. Her poor family has been through so much. They have. So now we will watch this one march through the courts. 
Yeah, we will. But very interesting after all this time to get a confession, mm-hmm. find a body. Like it's one of those cases you think is going to be solved. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, do you want to share some share? You had some uh, insight on something that went on with Casey White's mother. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I've got a couple of things about Casey White. So you guys know who we're talking about. This big winner right here. Uh, this is, of course, the inmate who escaped with Vicky White, his lover, a couple of weeks ago, and they were on the lam for a little while, and then they got caught, and he got brought back in, and Vicky shot herself in the head. And by the way, there's been some conjecture about, uh, you know, Vicky's death. I, the autopsy did determine that that was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, due to the GSR on her hand. So they do believe it was her that she did kill herself. Casey White's mother is in such a state of la-la land that Jesus Christ. So she said a few things. Her name is Connie Moore. She said that she talked to Casey on the phone the day after he was taken in and that he was crying He's so devastated by the death of his love. And they were just two people who really loved each other. She said Vicky was really, really good to him. Just being there for him, talking with him. They had a real thing. No. No, they didn't. Right. She also said that... um, People think her son's a monster. He's actually a really good person. He's just misunderstood. I would imagine that the family of the murder victim in his life probably have something different to say about him. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's not what really good people do. Casey has tried to murder and then did murder someone else. He's not a really good person. He's actually a really bad person. Yeah. So he did have court. And he's got quite the injury on the back of his head from a a wound that he suffered when they wrecked the car. Mm. It's really weird. It almost looks like an eye (laughs) on the back of his head. It's gross. Um, But anyway, yeah, it's really hard. His mother said this. Now, truly, if you have a family member that's committed a crime, don't read the comments. You know. <laughs> Truth. She said, well, she was asked if she had a message for Vicky's grieving family. And she said, I would just say I'm very sorry about it. And from all I've heard from Casey and from everyone, she's a very good person. I hate with all of my heart that it happened. But Casey is not the monster they've posted him to be. I think it's so sad that the comments that this whole world has made have to have made fun of both of them in a situation like this. I read a thousand comments and nobody had a good word to say about either of them. I don't know who she was, but I know they loved each other and he talked about her frequently. Uh, Lady. What? What? Good Lord. Yeah, that is so delusional. Then she said, and here we go. Here it is. Vicky was one of the few good women. Good women in her son's life. All of his troubles have stemmed from two things, drugs and women. 
Mm-hmm. All of the women nice. he's been with have emotional problems, and Casey has a big heart and just wants to help people. Oh, my God. Help them to die? Yeah. Because he's doing a damn good job of that. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Growing up, he was just a basic country kid. He was always tall, but nobody tried to pick a fight with Casey because of it. He was never violent, but there were drugs there, and he would do them, and it went from bad to worse. Good Lord. She also said he's not a habitual drug user, but he's taken them periodically over the years. This woman has lost the plot completely. And then this part really got me. Vicky was a good person for him. I don't know what happened. I know that Casey wasn't the mastermind of anything. She was the brains. We know that for sure. I don't know if maybe she had given up on life. A lady. What? She had just started writing him letters and it went from there. Oh, for the love. All Mm. I know is it's sad and it was real. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, bitch. It was not real. No, it was not. And uh, your son has confessed to murder after already being sentenced to 75 years for burglaries and assault. I mean, come on. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Kev says there should be a banjo playing in the background during the commentary. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. It's so stupid. It is. Also, uh, there was a funeral for Vicky. Yes. A pretty good sized funeral. Well, I would imagine there are a lot of people in her life that are feeling really confused. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of people came out for it. You know, she, despite, you know, this recent bullshit, she was beloved by her coworkers. She had friends. She had people in her life that cared about her and thought the world of her. And they are just still beyond shocked and devastated at the way this went down. Well, and she made some big mistakes, but, you know, she didn't kill anybody. No. So that's, you know. Yep. That's a huge difference between her and Casey. Yeah. Yeah. She was things. A murderer she was not. Right. Now, you know, he does say, wasn't there like 300 people there? Yeah, something like that. It was a pretty Mm -hmm. good crowd. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's the reason he's like that. Well, yeah, so two good points. JR said she's the reason he's like that. Uh, Paula said it makes me wonder what his father was like. If that's what mm-hmm. she considers to be a good person, she probably put up with a lot from him. And I think that's a damn right. good point. It's a really good point. But for sure, JR, I'm sure she was that mother that was always like, well, it's just that woman. If he'd get away from that woman, he would be fine. Right. Rather than. What the hell are you doing? This is your choices, you know, that coddling of yeah. of men. Ugh. And that's true. It's really sad that she knew. Yeah, I am. Good point. It's sad she knew about their relationship long before all of this. Yeah, yeah. she knew. She sure did and didn't do anything about it. Mm-mm. Hey, Spirit. Welcome all of you that have joined the chat since we first started. It's nice to have you all here. Yeah. So there you go. That's what's up in uh, the Casey slash Vicky White saga from hell. Yeah. Uh, small update in the Daybell Vallow debacle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
his her attorneys are calling her mental health uh, extremely complex and fragile. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that she may end up back in the hospital. They are having her evaluated by a neuropsychologist next month. And, you know, so we might not be done here as far as Lori in the hospital. Yep. And they, her attorneys made a point of saying that they do not believe that she's malingering, nor do the staff at the state level where she's been committed. None of them think she's malingering. They all see this as quite real. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, they they have to make sure that she's sane enough to be tried or that we have to wait again. Um, I I think everyone should be very prepared to see Lori back in the hospital. Yeah, I think so, too. The fact that they've come out and said this really makes you think. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't she still be in therapy while in jail? No, she would not. No, the jail doesn't provide mental health services at all. No. Uh, when she moves on to prison, that could be different, but not not in jail. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They're bringing on a they're bringing on a neuropsychologist to work with her, which I think is smart. You know, they need mm-hmm. to be clear about what's going on with her. Yeah. She has indicated that she does not want to try to separate her trial from her husband, and she has also said that even though, um. You know, right now there's a conflict between trial dates because she did not waive her right to a speedy trial. That she recognizes that if they have to wait until January, that just gives her attorneys more time to prepare her defense. So basically, they're kind of conceding Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we have to wait till January, then we'll wait till January. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, at this point, we don't know. It's possible she could end up back in the hospital. Mm -hmm. It's comforting, though, to see an update from her attorneys that's coherent yes not belligerent in any way appropriate appropriate doesn't accuse the prosecutor of really anything at all just just a brief yes just a brief this is what's happening yep this is what we're doing about it yeah and so we shall see but i think it's pretty significant for them to put out that in the public i think so that's uh it's pretty significant yeah uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Thomas Lane. So Thomas Lane was one of the police officers involved in the murder of George Floyd. He was one of the officers that assisted. And oh, yeah. he has pled guilty to manslaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And, an actual guilty plea. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing because he's taking more responsibility than Derek Chauvin did, you know, and oh, Derek yeah. Chauvin. but he was brand new. This was his first day on that job. Huh. And yeah. And he made a choice between standing up to his fellow officers or going along and he went along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's appropriate for him to plead guilty. They should have yeah. all pled guilty. Yeah. He knows what they did mm-hmm. yeah yeah it doesn't look good for the rest of them either for him to plead guilty it really doesn't it and really you are doesn't. now just back clear as a bell am i yeah stupid internet 
Yeah. This is why I'm getting fiber optic, you guys. Yep. And it's going to be awesome. It better. So bye, Renee. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, some updates in the Delphi murders. Yes. Mostly very. we have to thank the Murder Sheet podcast who has obtained some court documents. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they obtained some court documents and then they went to the police and said, here's all the information we know. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's really important that we not release, which I think was really responsible. I appreciate, yeah. uh, I appreciate these podcasters because they're not trying to destroy the potential trial. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the murder sheet people are former uh, law professionals, right? Or, or right. they are law professionals. Right. They are. And I think that they did a cool thing here because they got this mm-hmm. information. They have held back some things that the police asked them to help. Hold back, but we do know a few things now. So there was a search warrant issued for mm-hmm. the property of Ron Logan. And Ron Logan actually owns the property where the girls' bodies were found. And they were found not very far from Ron Logan's house, mm. uh, which I find really interesting. This is the first we've heard of this at all. Right, um, because the indication always was that they were found kind of down under where they had disappeared and it had always made it sound like it was just part of that public land they were hiking on. Yeah, but it actually isn't. Yeah. It is Ron Logan's property. Wow. Um, They know from the information that they have gathered that the bodies were moved and staged. That where they were found is not where they were killed. Mm -hmm. And that the bodies were staged and that it was a very bloody scene. Yeah. Right? If it was Ron Logan the whole time. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Everyone will be very pissed. Mm-hmm. They do have forensic evidence. Hair, bodily fluids, guns, and cutting instruments are things that they were looking for. Um, but they do, in fact, have a fair amount of forensic evidence. More than we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also, when we read this case, one of the things we said is that the bodies were carved up. Yes. We also said that was something that the police had not released. I won't claim that right. I was completely correct on this case. I wasn't. But that was one thing that we did say. Yeah. Yeah. They also said that a souvenir was taken. Yeah. They didn't say what the souvenir was. But what they did say is the rest of the girls' clothing was present. So the souvenir was clothing. So those are some things we did not know until now. Um, It does appear that quite a bit more has happened that the police have done than any, than we knew, Mm -hmm. you know, they were found 1400 feet from Ron Logan's house. Um, According to the search warrant, a large amount of blood was lost by the victims at the crime scene. Because of the amount of blood, investigators believe the perpetrator would have gotten blood on their hands and clothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also said the murderer likely took a souvenir from the crime scene. It appeared the girls' bodies were moved and staged. We don't know how they were staged, but they were staged. Um, And yeah, and they... Uh, There were no signs of a struggle or fight either, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. 
Um, so that is, you know, it's, it's, it's old information in that mm -hmm. um, the police already had this information, but now we know. Now, Ron mm -hmm. Logan has lied about his alibi. He has made statements that were found to be factually false mm -hmm. and designed to deceive law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Now, why he has not been arrested, we don't know. But there are... Um, I'll tell you asked, what, if Ron Logan unalives himself before this is over and he gets arrested... Right. That's my biggest worry at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, he was 72-ish at the time. If Ron Logan did this, Colleen, he didn't do it alone. Right. Yeah. It, this is always going to come down to, it's got to be two people. Oh, he died in 2020? Oh, for God's sake. I did not We oh, did? That. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, underwear is trophy. Yeah, see, I think so. I think underwear is trophy. Mm -hmm. But... What's the connection between him and the social media guy and his dad? And right. is there a connection there? There's there's a lot more to find out here, but there's there's quite a bit here. I mean, they do know that Ron Logan asked a family member to lie in order to give him an alibi. Mm -hmm. And that happened before the bodies were discovered. Mm-hmm. So that is, um, oh, he, oh, he died in January. Yep. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. <laughs> yep, he just died in, not 2020, he died in January of 2022. So he did just die. Mm -hmm. But yeah, even before the girls' bodies were found, he had set up a, he had set up an alibi, you guys. Mm -hmm. Was it this freaking guy the whole damn time? Right. Why can't they figure it out then? And right. they agreed. Why can't they? Yeah. So we don't know everything, obviously, but we do know this is pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And there are more things that they know that they have not released. Yeah. Tons more. Yeah. So we shall see. But it's good news that something is moving forward on Delphi because it just feels like. You know, we get going on something and then it just all falls apart again. And mm -hmm. how many times now? But this is very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll keep watching it play out. But wow. And I'm very bummed to hear that he's was has died. I did not know that. That's at the yeah. very bottom of this article. and <laughs> I had missed it. Um, yeah. 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 And the younger second sketch. Right. Mm hmm. There had to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. They think it's a sex ring thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. We actually said that in our initial we reading did. that we thought we it did. was a younger person that was being coached by an older person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, please let them get some answers for those families. My God. I hope so. It just seems to be taking forever. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's everything I have. Katie, do you have anything else? No, I don't. I think that's where we're at. Huh. Interesting stuff. It's interesting when old cases start coming back up. Yeah. We are yeah, seeing some of sure. that right now. There is a hearing uh, for Lori Valadebel tomorrow. I don't know what it is, and I don't even know if we're going to get to know what it is. But if anything interesting comes of it, we will let you know. Yeah. 
because it is addressing some of these issues, I think particularly like trial date. So mm -hmm. we'll see, is the judge going to just extend her trial to January as well? We don't know, but that's coming. So as soon as we we'll see what goes on, on with that, we will let you know. Yeah. Yeah. This rabbit hole does go deep, JR. I agree. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And and the scary thing about it with the Delphi case is that, you know, the the people in that community really wanted to believe that it was someone that came from outside their community. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe not looking it that way. Yeah. It's not looking that way. This looks like this is maybe going to blow that community apart. Yeah. When the truth comes out. So we will keep up on that and let you know. And we will let you know what happens with um, that tri that uh, hearing for Lori tomorrow. And yeah. we will be back uh, tomorrow night, Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain for yeah. the Psychic Hour. That is uh, a live stream on our YouTube and Facebook pages. And yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun. I don't know what we're doing, but we're, it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do goddesses, for God's sake. We've been asked a while ago, a couple of times, and we haven't done it. So we have. we're going to do the goddess hour. Okay. I love that. That's going to be great. So. Yeah. Uh, we've got three awesome episodes out this week. Lots of really interesting stuff happening right now. Mm -hmm. So check those out. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment. That helps us to grow. We've got some new content coming out on Patreon this week. If you haven't checked us out on Patreon yet, go to patreon.com. Search for True Crime Paranormal. You'll find us. We have a couple of years of extra content over there. And if you mm -hmm. join and become a patron, it just helps to support us. And you also get a whole bunch of cases that you didn't even know we've covered. So yeah. you want to check that out. You bet. Oh, GB says, can we do some energies too? We, I've been feeling pretty rattled lately. Yeah. And in fact, maybe we'll do a group clearing, like a singing bowl clearing or a drumming or something like that. Great idea. Everyone's feeling very it. rattled. The uh, combination of that full moon uh, lunar eclipse in Scorpio on Sunday Mercury going retrograde, as well as the Schumann resonance has been all over this week. It's been spiking like well, crazy. And three really awful mass shootings. Yeah, three mass shootings and election night for a lot of communities. Yes, yesterday. we just had ours yesterday. So just has people very out of sorts. Yeah. Yes, really does. So yeah, we'll definitely do that. Good suggestion. Good idea. Okay. All right. Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.